right. Hi, friends. Hi, how are you? Look at you. Oh, my goodness. This is so nice. Great to be with you. It really is. It's the new me, 40 years old. I'm much kinder now. Much warmer. Down to earth. Very pleasant. Yeah. You know these kind of people? Always happy. Hey, how are you and how are the kids? Yeah, they're always so invested in your life. These people, when you see them, they're always so happy. Hey, you. Oh, my God, I love the hair. Look at your shoes. Oh, my goodness. Those are so cool. Yeah, those are the type of people that have bodies in their trunk. Okay, watch out for them. You watch out for those people. You don't have to watch out for me. I'm good. I'm good. I don't think there's going to be a midlife crisis at 40. I got that on the calendar for 50, though. So no midlife crisis. Just same old, same old. Here we go. Episode 156. You signed up for this bullshit. Let's get right into it. A lot of nice greetings for my 40th. Didn't have a party. Did not have a big old bash because I still think some people, even vaccinated people, a little uncomfortable getting together right now. So just kicked it with the fam. Martinis with the fam. Bagels and locks with the fam. Staycation at a local hotel with the fam. Pool time with the fam. Didn't really see any friends, but I got a lot of greetings. A lot of video greetings from friends and family. My wife put this together. It was great. It was great. But as I'm watching all of these videos and this birthday wishes montage that came in, at one point it just deviates from people I know, like personally know, and it's just Tim Hardaway, my favorite warrior of all time, probably my favorite basketball player of all time. And I'm watching this video late at night, and it's a service called Cameo where you could get celebrities, you could actually pay celebrities to do personalized greetings. And my buddy Rick knows I love Tim Hardaway, and he paid to get Tim Hardaway to wish me a happy birthday. And as I was watching it, I started cheering like I was watching a Warriors game in the early 90s. I was cheering, I was jumping up and down like, Tim Hardaway, yes, yes, I know Tim Hardaway. I actually had that thought, wait, are we friends? Did I have that part of my brain removed at some point? Do I know Tim? That's how good the cameo greeting was. So I'm gonna play that right now. I'm gonna play Tim Hardaway wishing me a happy birthday. And as you could imagine, I was freaking out like a little kid. Josh, Tim Hardaway here, my man. This book by your boy, Rick. Happy 40th birthday to you, dude. Thanks for being a fan for the, of the Warriors since you was a little kid. Your dad used to have courtside tickets to the game in the 80s and 90s. Oh, you was real close. You could touch us and stuff like that, which was cool. It was just cool. I know you heard me talk a lot of smack then. A lot of smack. But hey, thanks for uh, that Tim and Chris Berger. Was, it was cool. We still say who was the best. I think mine was better than his. But, you know, hey. Man, thanks for having my poster still up and enshrined at your mom's house. And, um, you know, hey, man. But today is your day, man. Happy birthday. Keep social distancing. Keep wearing your mask. We're not out of this yet. And have fun. But enjoy your day, man. God bless you. Tim Hardaway, the original crossover king. Happy birthday, Josh. Okay, did Tim Hardaway just remind me to keep social distancing? And does Tim think I still have his poster up on my wall? You couldn't see this, so I have to describe it. But it's Tim in a gold chain wearing a Run TMC shirt. I think just in his kitchen. Looks the exact same. 
Honestly, the guy hasn't aged. I think he has braces. And he let me know that Rick hooked it up. I immediately texted Rick, how much? Very tacky. But I was just like, how much does Tim Hardaway cost? And he's like, don't worry about it. Just enjoy. So it goes from, you know, an old friend from Jewish summer camp, an old radio friend, an uncle to, hey, Josh, it's Tim Hardaway, the crossover king. Late at night, after a little red wine, I was thinking, wait, what's going on? Am I friends with it? It didn't register. I didn't really know about Cameo. But there's nothing better. Go right now. Go to Cameo. Scroll through all the celebrities. And apparently, they all have a price tag. Not all celebrities, but a lot of celebrities just have a price tag. God bless America. Capitalism is weird. Weird. It went from weird to I love it to this is so weird to I really love it to hey Rick, what happened? Do we know Tim? To this is cool to wait, that's weird. And I still don't know how I feel about it, but I'm pretty sure I'll be watching that every day. And of course I love it. Josh. This ain't about me, he said. It's about my 40th. All right, let's just ease off the pedal for a moment. Let's just back up and uh, focus on what's going on in American high schools right now. Folks, teens are getting arrested. Now, I don't want to paint a picture of a bunch of hooligans ripping out soap dispensers and looting their teachers' classrooms and stealing license plates. I don't want to paint that picture, but there's a few kids on each high school campus right now getting arrested for straight criminal behavior across America. If you think I'm kidding, Google it right now. Google devious licks. If you know about this, you know where I'm going. If you don't know about this, this is real shit. So we're back on campus, right? Oh, back on campus. Wonderful. Everything going well? Yeah, no. I mean, kinda. But we do have kids throughout America getting arrested because there's a TikTok fad. I'm not on TikTok, but you know what TikTok is. Probably the most popular social media for teens right now. Maybe. That could just be a baseless claim. Maybe it's Snapchat. Maybe it's Instagram. But TikTok, for this story, is the most popular of all social media platforms. And teens are caught up in a fad called Devious Licks. It has spread like wildfire. It actually has spread like wildfire. What it is? Filming yourself steal items from a school. Any items. From classrooms, school property. People have been stealing bathroom stalls. Yeah, walls of stalls. People have been stealing staplers. People have been stealing dry erase markers. I have not been jacked yet. I have not been victimized by devious licks. But I thought it was just some bullshit happening at my high school, the one I work at. First period of the day, I'm still having coffee, and one of these kids says to me, Rosenberg, how much is that TV behind you? And I was like, what, TV? I don't even use this. And I was like, I don't know. He's like, would you mind if I take that? And I was like, what? What are you talking about, young buck? He's like, I'm, I'm just kidding, but it's this thing called Devious Licks where if you don't mind, I would like to uh, steal that TV and just film it and I'll give it back to you. I was like, yeah, no, and what? Devious Licks? Looked it up. Every single public school in America, because TikTok is that popular, is dealing with this shit. So welcome back with your masks on, 
accelerating the academics from our lost year on Zoom. That was a lost year. Nobody could paint a picture otherwise. I mean, some people might have done fine with remote learning, but that was a true lost year. And now that we're back on campus and everyone's playing catch up, you got to love this distraction. I also don't want this to become a bigger story than it is because it's probably just five to ten rebels on each campus when really there's a lot of good kids. There's a lot of good kids doing good things every day. But devious licks, that'll capture the headlines. I've heard some things. I've heard some things. I've heard some kids have stolen not just toilet paper rolls, but the whole dispenser. I heard one kid was walking around with a toilet. What the fuck is wrong with that kid? I guess you get a little street cred for what, 11 minutes? Oh, bro, you got a toilet? Uh, yeah. It's one of those stories that will not age well. Like you're 15 years old, all your friends are celebrating you for ripping out a toilet. Then by the time you're an adult, you're like, what the fuck? I stole a toilet? A toilet? It's kind of a reflection of how contagious dumb behavior can be. Like objectively, even the kids stealing this shit, they know it's dumb, but they're like, wait, you mean it'll go viral? You mean I'll be seen? I just want to be seen as my body is surging with all these feelings and hormones and emotions. And I have all this angst. I just want to be seen. What's the ticket to a little publicity? Yeah, the amount of dumb challenges that can go viral. It's scary how impressionable these youngsters are. Scary, but expected. I guess fully expected. I'm not going to pretend I'm just so shocked. (gasps) 15-year-olds are doing what? On high school campuses? How could they? All the dismay you hear from parents and teachers, we're not surprised. We're not surprised. These kids have been cooped up. They're ready to explode. Hey, folks. Right after this podcast, my wife and I are going to look at all my old baseball cards and basketball cards, and then we are going to try to get them graded and authenticated, and then we're going to try to make money on eBay. Okay, it's a new husband-wife business, and that's also a fad sweeping across America right now. Not kidding at all. The most recent episode of HBO Real Sports, the last segment, watch it. It focuses on cards, trading cards, on how this fad that seemed totally dormant and extinct, kids aren't really trading baseball cards on the schoolyard anymore, but collectors have found this little pocket, an economic skyrocket. Boom! This is the time to sell. I had no idea. About a year ago, I started looking up the prices of all my cards that I thought were worth something, and they weren't. None of my Michael Jordans seemed to be worth anything. My Shaquille O'Neal's, my Reggie Jackson's, my Hank Aaron's had some cards that I always thought could generate a little cash, and the answer was no, about a year ago. And then something happened during COVID. I don't know why. They said maybe a lack of sports competition that people just needed something to do. Sports fans needed something to do. So on the hot web market, the prices just started booming and booming and booming. Cards are currently surging in value. If you didn't know that. So my wife and I are going to be on eBay for the next three nights and we're going to make a lot of money. And even if we don't, at least it'll be a nice bonding moment. She'll say things like, who's Bernard King? And I'll say, give me that. This is mint condition. Bernard King was a legend. And I'll regale her with stories of Bernard King. Is this a fantasy or real? I think this is actually real. What the next few nights in the Rosenberg household are going to look like. But you know how dumb this shit is? 
Like, truly dumb if you take a step back and look at cards having any value. Pieces of cardboard. Little faces. Athletes playing with their balls on tiny pieces of cardboard. I could tell you some of the prices. I have a Shaq rookie right now that could get me $2,000. That's a lot of money, right? $2,000. If anybody actually wants to pay me $2,000 for one of these Shaquille O'Neal rookies, that'll kind of change my life. I don't know what I would do with the 2K. Probably just goes to daycare. But it seems like if I just got a check for two, three thousand dollars right now, that's a bit of a game changer in the game of life. But if I said Honus Wagner, Honus Wagner, people know about this card. If you're a sports fan or you know anything about cards, Honus Wagner is the holy grail. A couple of months ago, Honus Wagner, a Honus Wagner card sold for six point six million dollars. That means we have morons. We share planet Earth with people who want to play with money like it's just a big board game people who are this rich they're just playing games how many kids could you feed for that money six million dollars rich people just get to play they just get to play they're adults they look like adults but when you spend millions and millions on a honus wagner card that you won't even touch because it's locked away in a vault do you realize the level of idiocy we're talking about a baseball player from the early 1900s he was a great shortstop with the pirates it's a great shortstop But supply and demand, and when the consumer sets the price in America, we get some weird stories like this. There's only about 50 in existence. The story of why is amazing. The story of why are there so few of these Honus Wagner cards, that's an amazing story. That's worth telling. But the fact that people are still clamoring for these cards to the point where they'll sell for six mil, and then in a few years I'll read that the Honus Wagner sold for $10 million. And then what, in 20 years? What are we talking about? The Honus Wagner sold for $100 million. God, how foolish is this shit? But I guess it sparks joy. It sparks joy if you have a Honus Wagner card. Sure, you probably didn't do much when it comes to donating to charities or any philanthropic work, but you could tell your group of friends, fucking got the Honus. I got the Honus. All right, why so few? It was a tobacco company that actually produced the card. I don't know the name. It wasn't like Topps or Fleer or Donruss, but a tobacco company produced the card. And Honus, a man of morals. Old Honus. You'll never meet someone named Honus. Honus said, stop selling it. He wanted the company to recall the card because he didn't want to condone promoting cigarettes to kids. This guy's from the early 1900s and cared about the health of kids? That's crazy. Back then, I just picture all the kids smoking too. And they listened to him, and the company listened to him. They recalled the card. Because Honus said, I don't want a tobacco company putting my face out there and associating me with cigarettes, which are bad kids. They're bad kids. And little did Honus know why we would talk about him forever. But that's just one example. Other examples, like go to your cards right now. If you have any cards, go to your cards. Take a look. They're just collecting dust. Right now is the time to sell. Right now is the time to sell. And tell them Josh sent you. Tell who? What? I don't know. Just go try to sell them and tell them Josh sent you. It's my first endorsement. All right, I'm going to spell some words and you tell me how you pronounce them. Just out loud. I'm going to spell some words right now. And you tell me how you pronounce them. I'll tell you how I pronounce them and anything else. Any alternative is just going to sound terrible to your ears. 
We all have our own little dialect that we develop. And I brought this up with my journalism students, and it started a 10-minute discussion that was probably more intense and emotional than anything I've ever seen. No, you don't pronounce it that way. People are screaming at each other. I mean, the disclaimer is who gives a shit, right? It doesn't matter. But if I say C-O-U-P-O-N, I say coupon. Do you have a coupon for that? I'll use it in a sentence too. And if you're from the coupon community and you say, oh, no, 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 it's coupon, C-O-U-P-O-N. Do you have a coupon? That just sounds wrong to me. But there's hundreds of words like this where if I'm having a conversation with someone and they pronounce it just a little differently, I'm no longer listening to anything they say. I'm just thinking, what the fuck did you say it like that for? What did you say it like that for? It's a mental tangent. Actually, if you listen to this podcast, I probably say a few words where you're like, nah, he's not saying it right. Like S-Y-R-U-P. S-Y-R-U-P. Syrup. Oh, what's that? You call it syrup? You put some syrup on your pancakes? No, and I'll say syrup until the day I die. Syrup? Syrup. S-Y-R-U-P. Why? I don't know. D-A-T-A. I say data. If you say data, we're not friends anymore. A data or data or data or data. Let's turn the podcast off. C-A-R-A-M-E-L. Caramel. You go caramel? Caramel. Yeah, can I put some caramel? Drizzle? Drizzle a little of that caramel on there? How about this one my wife says a little differently than me. C-R-A-Y-O-N. I say crayon. C-R-A-Y-O-N. My wife drops that one syllable. Crayon. Milo, pick up the yellow crayon. Are you saying crayon? Like C-R-A-N? Like crayon? What color crayon do you want to use? No, 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 no. It's crayon. P-A-J-A. I love how dogmatic we are when it comes to these words. P-A-J-A-M-A-S. Say it out loud. Are you driving right now? Are you walking? Where are you listening to this? Just say it out loud. P-A-J-A-M-A-S. Pajamas. Some people say pajamas. And some people say, let's just call them PJs, okay? And who wears PJs? Any grown men out there wearing a real, like, button-down shirt? Pajamas? 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 What do I say? Now I forget. I think, put on your pajamas. Yeah, ja, ma, not je, meh. Pajamas, pajamas. Oh, fuck this. Okay. Um, E-N-V-E-L-O-P-E. E-N-V-E-L-O-P-E. I say envelope. You might say envelope. And for that reason, I plan to fight you in the street later today. You meet me if you're saying envelope. Actually, envelope sounds cool. I just say envelope, and I don't know why. M-A-Y-O-N-N-A-I-S-E. I say mayonnaise. Some people say mayonnaise. They add that syllable. I just say, I like mustard, and I like mayonnaise. And some people say mayonnaise. You sleeping yet? I got two more. We'll transition. I got two more. R-E-A-L-L-Y. Really or really? I think I always say really, like it's R-I-L-L-Y. So I'm probably mispronouncing that. Really? Really? And then we know people who say, really? 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 And I say, really? And you say, who gives a fuck? You never heard that word so beautifully, so beautifully sung or sang. Sang or sung right there. Uh Uh-oh, I'm losing my English. R-O-U-T-E. 
Which route are you taking? 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 R-O-U-T-E. Route. I usually make a left at the stop sign and then I just go all the way up the hill. That's the route I usually take. Yeah, I'm a route guy. I'm a route guy. You want to know the most depressing thing you could do nowadays? Go to the mall. Just go to the mall. There's no stores. I went to the Northgate Mall two weeks ago. My daughter had a blast. There's only rides, the type of rides where you put two quarters in or four quarters in or with inflation, put eight quarters in. My wife and I carry around quarters like we're a couple of carnies at the fair. We always have big pockets full of quarters because the kid might see a merry-go-round or a mechanical dog to go. For two minutes, just a dog that goes back and forth to a terrible song. But the look on the kid, come on. It's fun. I used to love that stuff when I was little. So I get it. It's just rides. There's no stores. You go into a mall. I mean, there might be a Sabaro. There might be a Forever 21. But there's really no stores. There's just total depression, fluorescent lights. People's masks on their chins or off or over their eyes. A lot of neck tattoos. It's sad. It's sad because I do have memories of what the Northgate Mall was. I have those memories. Like the Tiffany video. You remember the Tiffany video? I think we're alone now. It's one of the greatest videos. Just Tiffany in the mall drawing attention to a crowd of people. None of that even seems staged. Like it was a time, the late 80s, if Tiffany showed up at your mall and just pressed play on her own track, people would assemble, dance, take pictures, and just have a fabulous day. Walking around from Wetzel's Pretzels to Wet Seal, Miller's Outpost to Orange Julius. And the mall I'm describing, and I talked about that weird documentary Jasper Mall on Amazon Prime, that most malls are extinct. That's true, but they're still there. A lot of them haven't been renovated, transformed. They're just still there with the stench of 1991 in them. You know that stench is not bad. It's like nail polish remover and popcorn mixed with a little cotton candy and hot dog bun. You know that cologne? But I found myself feeling a high level of misery, just depression, which was a weird contrast to see how much fun the three and a half year old was having because she didn't know how the experience should be. So you bring a three and a half year old there, you go, we're going to the mall, entering that deep fluorescent depression. And she likes it, but she only likes it because she doesn't know how it used to be when Punky Brewster would make an appearance coming out of the limo or when it felt like Tiffany might just appear at any time. Watch the video. You need to watch the video. Tell them, Tiff. When that album came out, that was like the height of me wanting to follow my sister. Like, whatever she's into, I'm into. And the cover of that album, as Tiffany's kind of just like, Waving the hair out of her face and in cursive, it just has her name written in the upper right-hand corner. You remember this album? Close up on Tiffany's face. To me, how old was I back then? Seven? Maybe seven years old when that Tiffany album came out? I'm not even sure if I liked it. Actually, at the time, I loved it. 
Or was I just trying to follow in the footsteps of an older sibling? Just like everything in life, right? We emulate the cool older people before we actually check in with ourselves. Wait, do I like this? Do I like stealing soap dispensers? Or is it just the cool older kids at the high school are doing it? That's a callback. That's a devious lick callback. I didn't even know till I was in my late 20s that that was a cover. I think we're alone now. I always thought that was a Tiffany original. Oh, how wrong was I? Turns out it was Tommy James and the Shondells. And yeah, it's better. So good. Is Tommy James still alive so I could get him on Cameo to wish Rick a happy birthday? Hey, another callback. That's a Cameo callback. Boom! No writer, folks. No writer. You could have that conversation at home. You could take that conversation to your next dinner party. Which cover might be better than the original? Off the top of my head? Lauren Hill, can't take my eyes off of you. A little better than Frankie Valley. Uh, Tiffany, uh, no, I don't think Tiffany's was better. Did you know we would be talking about Tiffany at the mall? Just watch the video on YouTube. That's what malls were. That's what they were. Now it's just 30 of the put the quarters in the ride and watch your kid go up and down and up and down until they barf. I'll be honest. I get my money's worth. I do go on the rides. I go on the rides. My wife laughs, but I think deep down she's like, this motherfucker, this dumb motherfucker in public going on the little rides. Well, there's a little kid in all of us that still enjoys the little kid shit. It's true. Go into a candy store and try to act like an adult. It's impossible. It's impossible. Go into any candy store. All those bins. They'll just have conversations like, oh, you still have these. Oh, look at these. They still have these. Look at these Coke bottles. Ah, oh, jawbreakers. Ah. All right, who's watching Nine Perfect Strangers on Hulu? Raise your hand. Uh-huh. No, I just want to take a tally of who's watching. Okay, you. Is your hand up in the back? You're just stretching? Okay. But if you're watching Nine Perfect Strangers with Melissa McCarthy, Bobby Cannavale, Nicole Kidman, who else is in this? I don't know. But Nicole Kidman, powerhouse actor. Why didn't I just call her an actress? Because Whoopi Goldberg once said, you don't call a female doctor a doctress, so call us actors. As if it was derogatory to call a female actor an actress. So I called Nicole Kidman an actor, because I respect Whoopi. But Nicole Kidman, super in the show. My wife read the book. I definitely didn't read the book. So she knows where the show's going. This happens a lot, where my wife already read it and there's a lot of twists and turns and a lot of suspense and I go just tell me already I don't have patience when it comes to twists and turns and suspense it's a great show I'm only four episodes in however Melissa McCarthy plays a struggling author and there was one line there was just one line I want to end with this not even going to talk about the plot but she's a struggling author and she's a prolific writer on the show and who knew that Melissa McCarthy can act 
right? I mean, you saw her probably for the first time in Bridesmaids, where she was just the funny one. And now you're like, wait, wait, are you... Yeah, you're an Oscar-worthy actress or actor. Shit, sorry. And she described in the show the darkness and brutal reality of being an author. I've always wondered, you know, these John Grishams, these Dean Kuntzes, these King Solvers, these Daniel Steeles, these Michael Crichtons, Crichton, I don't know, Crichton, fine. These Stephen Kings, these Agatha, Agatha, Agatha Christie's, these uh, J.K. Rowling's, you know, these real authors. I'm always blown away. You just go to the airport, you know, that Hudson News stand, the Hudson News shop, just pick any book. Pick any book off the shelf and just read the first page. You're like, who, how? The Harlan Corbins. I'm just naming all the authors I can. Like, who are these people that could write 20 books in a lifetime? Just character development, interesting plots, resolution, or mystery. And M- Melissa McCarthy, she says, in the show, she feels plagued by never feeling fully present because everything is just inspiration for a story, for a book, for a character, for a plot development for twists. And I thought that makes so much sense. You think John Grisham could just have a normal day or is it where everybody he comes across is just inspiration? Like he orders a deli sandwich and whoever made a sandwich, he's just like noted. I am going to remember your body language, the way you speak, your mannerisms. I'm going to learn to write about them. And even though it's impressive, it's so impressive. It's genius level. Impressive. But I guarantee a lot of these authors are just witnessing life instead of taking part in life. The reality of being an author is that you're probably never fully present, probably never fully attentive to the people you're with. You're just drawing inspiration constantly. Or if you're a writer of any sort, film, sketch comedy, the whole world is just so absurd. Most of the things we do. I mean, there's a large amount of things we do per day that are just absurd. And a writer will look at it, observe it, and spin it into something special. Because that's what makes a book enjoyable. The relatability factor. Where you go, oh, they're capturing, they're crafting each sentence in a way where I could see it. I've seen it before, and they're writing in a way where I can see it in my mind. The great writers, they're taking life and all of its madness and all of its beauty and all of its sorrow, and they're packaging it into what? 250, 350 pages with a bunch of fictional characters, I assume, that are really based on an assortment, a variety of people they actually know or that they've come across. Well, to be that prolific, you definitely need to just view your whole existence and the whole world as storybook. Authors are amazing. They're amazing people, but I don't even think they're humans. They're just here. They're aliens to observe us, write about us, capture us, And I bet they struggle to have real sincere relationships, just like Melissa McCarthy said on that show. That's my takeaway. And my wife has to hear all these takeaways during the show. I actually pause shows. This is how annoying I am. I pause a show, even if it's an exciting part. And I look at my wife and I tell her, wow, so you think authors and she hears me out and she probably can't wait for me to press play again, but she doesn't yell at me. She doesn't get mad. It's a good wife. She also bought me an iPhone and a Don Williams autographed picture for my 40th birthday. I know I'm saying those together. They're not really comparable. Don Williams. I now have a Don Williams autographed 
photo? I don't even know how she found that. Don Williams. But she got me an iPhone? Wife got me an iPhone? I hadn't had a new iPhone since 2013. So it was time. I didn't even have room for apps or photos. It was actually just a phone. My, my iPhone, I was using it like it was just a phone. I didn't realize, I didn't realize all the capabilities. All right, that's it. Let's all just go our separate ways for now. We did it. Coupon, nope. Coupon, syrup, data, caramel, crayon, pajamas, envelope, mayonnaise. Really? Really? Route, root, I'm out. Josh Rosenberg. Rosenbag, how do you pronounce this? I'm getting a rosin. No, it's Rosen. Josh Rosenberg is saying goodbye. It's in the books. Okay, okay, okay. I'll talk to you soon.